Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. It's time for a Big Blue Kickoff Live. Nobody can ever tell you that you couldn't do it because you did. On Giants.com. You know what I saw? New York Giant Prime. And the Giants mobile app. 17-14 is the final. One touchdown, we are world champions. Believe it, and it will happen. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. Hello and welcome to Big Blue Kickoff Live right here on Giants.com and the Giants mobile app. He's Howard Cross. I am John Schmelk. The phone number for you is 201-939-4513, 201-939-4513, hashtag Giants Chat on Twitter. If you want to get in touch with us that way, you certainly can. All right, Howard, unfortunately, the Giants season has come to an end in a disappointing game against the Philadelphia Eagles. We had the Joe Shane and Brian Dable press conference yesterday. We'll touch on that briefly as well. Lance and Paul did all this yesterday, so we'll just do a little bit, and then we'll get to your calls. We want to get your reaction to it. Uh, Where do you want to start, Howard? I'll let you take this whatever direction you want, and I'll I'll piggyback. How about Michael Strahan getting his star on the Walk of Fame? That was that was not what I was thinking of, but okay. That's pretty funny, right? I'm like, he's the first sports broadcaster to get a star on the Walk of Fame in Hollywood. I didn't know that. They got that today. I was like, watch him. I congratulate him this morning. I'm like, that's that's pretty cool. I mean, I mean, I know we talk got to talk about the game, but that's big news. <laughs> All right, I'll start on the end then, real quickly mm-hmm. before we start moving ahead. Let's look back for a second. Look, Howard, I think the bottom line is we talked about this last week. If Jalen Hurts was healthy, this was going to be a tough go. And guess what? He was healthy. He was healthy. And what was it? <laughs> it was a tough go. It was a tough go. <laughs> yeah. um, and I think like, Joe Shea said this in his press conference yesterday, and I think coming out of that game is really no other way to put it, that the Eagles right now are a more talented team than the Giants. The Giants right now with their talent are not in that top upper echelon level of teams in the NFL. They're in that messy group that's in and around 500 after that. And now you move ahead and you try to figure out how you try to improve the roster moving forward. It's probably not going to be just a one-year process. This is still going to be a long-term deal trying to get the team better, but uh-huh. you're starting in a nice spot here after a successful first year of the Dable-Shane regime. Yeah, I think they did a good job uh, the first year. I don't think anybody had any aspirations of being in the playoffs unless you were just like... Paul Latino. Paul Latino. You just <laughs> just blinded by everything. And, and, and by the way, even Paul didn't think they were going to be in the playoffs yeah, this year. Yeah, so you know, you, we were hoping for... If they could somehow, some way, double the wins they had last year, that would have been like a big moment, and they did a little bit better than that and made their way to the playoffs. Uh, as far as the game goes, the top teams, the the, the Niners, the, the the Eagles, and the NFC, 
Uh, even the Cowboys. Yeah, uh, I mean the, the Cowboys are one or two plays away in the yeah. night game from beating them. Uh, it, even yeah, even the Cowboys. It's one of those things where you're looking at at your team. You're going, we're not there yet. We don't have enough pieces. And and the the thing is, we're not surprised by that because that's how we opened the year talking about yeah. this coming out of training camp. And you know we had a pleasantly surprised year. I think people got a little bit above themselves and before themselves. Like, oh wow, I'm like. Yes, if Jalen's healthy, we're going to have a hard time. But look at what we've done so far and be really happy. It's just bad that it ends like that because yep. we don't want to lose to the Eagles ever, but that's what it is. Yeah, completely agree, and I think the the a couple really important things to take out of this year, Howard, and I, I'll take this in two different, ba- two different buckets. Bucket one, given the job this coaching staff did, and you know we talked about, to your point, from the start of the year, that the talent just wasn't where it needed to be to – be a Super Bowl contender. But the fact that the coaching was so good to get them to where they got, mm-hmm. I think, yep. is a real good sign moving forward. You feel good about it. Now, apparently Mike Kafka had a second interview with the Texans today. Let's <laughs> try to keep him in the building, please. We don't want to mm-hmm. lose anybody in the yeah. first year. So that's good. And then I think the other part of it that's just as important, if not more so, Andrew Thomas got better. Yeah. Like, he's a top left tackle in the league. Yeah. Xavier McKinney, despite the fact that, you know, he broke his hand, still had a good year. Yeah. Um, Dexter Lawrence, and this might sound like hyperbole because Aaron Donald is still living and breathing, but mm-hmm. he did miss about half the year this year. Mm-hmm. Dexter Lawrence was the best defensive tackle in football this year. Very much so. He was a monster. And, guys, I'm not talking like Linval Joseph and like Dalvin Tomlinson good. No, 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 no. Game-changing dominance on a week. Like, every week. It's not like, oh, yeah, he didn't really show up this week. No, no, no. Every week, he was just dominant inside. Yep. Uh Leonard Williams had a good year. Dory had a good year. Saquon was healthy for the first time. Daniel took a step forward, cut down on the interceptions and the turnovers. He played well this year. Julian Love. Julian Love, another guy. So you have the young guys, and you know, a good first year for Kayvon Thibodeau. Evan Neal had some ups and downs, but I think you feel good about him moving forward. So the young cornerstone foundational pieces on this team, generally speaking, all had, I would say, encouraging signs at at points this year where you feel like the coaching is going to be good. And then you have your young players continuing to improve that you think they're going to be the, the core of your team. Yeah. And I think that's really a, a great place to be moving forward. Uh, that and the only thing I see that, that was troubling was a lot of rookies got injured. They did, yes. Yeah. That is it, a shame. You know, and that's you know, not a shame, just like a lot of injuries got injured. I think they're going to be talking about discussing what they can change to try to stop that or fix that Joe or work Shane on it. said that the latest like, presser yeah. yesterday. Yeah, so it's one of those things where – Again, I'm an old school guy. I think old school training is the way to probably eliminate some of it. Uh, and, I, and I think that I don't know if they're going to do that. I think they're going to still be dynamic stretchings, dynamic moves, dynamic everything. The more dynamic stuff I see, the more injuries I see. So I'm not sure how that works. Now, a lot of the stuff was structural too, right? Like Darian Beavis tore his ACL. Stretching's mm-hmm. not going to help you not tear your ACL. Well, you know, the overuse in some of the in some of the drills that they're doing. Well, that, that's that, that, that's what I mean. I'm, 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 I'm equating it to like a kid throwing a curveball at, at 11. Like you can't just, you can't keep doing that. You got to like figure things out, other things out to do to, you know, you can still train really, really hard and get after it a lot. You just got to get away from using the same joint over and over again, unless you're rehabbing it. Yeah. All right. Now let's talk about the presser, and this will kind of be our bridge to look ahead to the offseason here, Howard. bridge. So Joe Shane talked yesterday. He made it pretty clear that they want Daniel Jones back here. Daniel Jones Mm -hmm. made it pretty clear when he talked to the media on Sunday he wants to be back here. And I always said this to people when they ask me, oh, John, is is Aaron Judge going to be a Yankee? My answer is always the same. They want him back. He wants to be here. Usually when that's the case, you can figure it out. 
I don't know what it's going to look like. But usually, usually, you have a good chance of figuring out if both sides do want to make a deal. So now the question is, what's the deal going to look like? Maybe it's just going to be a franchise tag. Maybe it's going to be a short-term, couple-year deal. Or maybe it's going to be the monster long-term contract. All I know is that the you know quarterbacks now, the pattern has been recently, Howard, to lock into some shorter deals yeah. because the market gets reset so often, yeah. they want to go back in. Yeah. Right, like Dak Prescott's deal was three years. Yeah. Derek Carr's deal wasn't a long-term deal. Yeah. So, unless the Giants really want to go to the top of the market, I think getting that long-term five or six-year deal might be tough. No. So, for me, and again, this isn't me talking for the Giants. This is only my opinion. I'm not negotiating for anybody. If I had to guess, this is going to wind up in either a tag situation or a two or three-year with an out, so that both him and the team can kind of be protected and then they can revisit in a couple of years. That's just my opinion. Well, if it's me and I'm, I'm Daniel's agent, I'm sitting down with Daniel and this is what I'm saying. Let's look at what they're going to probably do next year. So we're going to start talking to them to try to get this thing set up, and we're going to watch the draft to see what happens. If they're drafting a receiver and an interior offensive lineman, I'm like, okay, we'll do the three-year deal because you're going to get a chance to improve your stock value. Or signing one of them in for agency. Too, yeah, yeah. so you, you're looking at it as, okay, how, how to you know further your career. Oh, is this situation set up better for Daniel's numbers to get yeah, better? I, got, yeah, I hear yeah. what you're saying, okay. All right, and are they drafting that wide receiver? Are they drafting that interior lineman? Are you drafting some things and picking up some guys in free agency that are going to complement uh, some of the stuff that I'm trying to get done and I'll get better at it? I'll be like, okay. So then I'll look at what are they going to do with Saquon or who are they going to bring in or, or who they're going to pick up in that situation. Yeah, see, I, I think I would be more concerned, maybe is the wrong word, but I feel like the Saquon thing is going to be harder to figure out than the Daniel exactly. thing. Exactly, but as as a quarterback, and, and, and I'm Daniel's agent. I'm telling them what to look at. And I'm like, okay, so teams that are going to call, they're going to have to offer a mint, but i got to look at their situation too. I can't just say I'm right. going to leave and go to another team and think like, oh, okay, all right, I'll go to the Indianapolis Colts. That I'm just going to go there. Uh, they got a decent offensive line. They got a decent running game. Okay, well, why were they so far down? Why they lose so many games? Right. You got to look at that. Like, who's their? Who's going to be their offense coordinator? Who's going to be their coach? Who's going to be? You know, what system are they going to run? It's not just I'm going to take my talents to South Beach kind of conversation. <laughs> Uh, no, you're right. You, yeah, no, you, and I think Daniel's very happy with Capkin Dable. I think he. I don't think he wants to leave those guys. Yeah, I, I got that. But again, like I love Capka. I love. I love. I love. Dable's going to be here. I love Capka. I love Wink. They're going to be highly sought after. Capka probably more than Wink uh, a little bit, but they're still going to be highly sought after. And once you get like, and and, and not that not that I'm disparaging Wink at all. I want everybody to understand this. Offensive coaches are the guys that guys they try to sign to bring in and make whatever change they're going to make. So now, if you get that, Kapka's gone. Now, now Dable has to take a bigger role in in the offense or bring someone in to help him run an offense that he's you know comfortable with as he you know introduces it to Daniel. He, he you know I, I don't think they will take over the play calling again. Uh, you yeah, know. I think it worked really well this year without yeah. him on the but, play But but he's got to yeah. find a guy that he's going to be comfortable with that he and, can trust. Yeah, and that's that's a lot of work. No, 100% I'm with you on that. Uh Julian Love another guy that's a free agent. He's someone I think that they would like to bring back, but again you're talking about price point there. Um, I mentioned the Saquon Barkley thing again. You know, Brian, uh, Joe Shane talk. He's basically said when they talked in during the year, they really weren't very close. He basically said so that's something they'll have to figure out. 
You obviously only have one franchise tag you can use, which is an issue. All right, then finally, Howard, just real quick, biggest positions of need that you're thinking about, mine are pretty easy, and you already hit on two of them. Wide mm. receiver, interior offensive line, Mike Linebacker, I think, is a huge, I cannot, a huge need. And then I think corner probably, too, is another spot that I would mm. be looking at. Well, position in draft, probably like 26, 27. I, oh, you know what? I was going to look that up today, and yeah. I forgot to do it. But I think it's, I think there are 25, I think. Right, Pearson, I think? Let's see. Yeah. Where are we at here for the Giants in the draft? I so, should know this. So 26, 26. Yeah, so look at me. Look at me knowing something. That's so job, we're, we're down at, we're down here at 26. So basically you got to take off the top 10 players and look at a couple of the top 10 players because you never know they might, you know, shake out kind of like uh, – Thibodeau did last year almost. He was shaking out, coming down closer to the Giants. There are guys, you never know when guys are going to yeah, drop. So, so guys are going to drop. So you kind of got to go through and kind of tag your favorite guys in your favorite positions and see what happens. Uh, and then you'll see what you can get from there. Uh, teams, these guys have a very good eye for talent. They they just do. They pick up guys out off the street and bring them in. They can play in the yeah. system and, and not just play, but be effective and make plays. So right now, my my top position is okay. I need a corner. I mean, not a corner, a receiver, and a and a difference maker, a number one receiver that I can say this guy's going to be here for the next few years. He'll take some pressure off of the other guys because all of a sudden you got to cover this guy. That that would be number one. Number two, it'd be a cross between an interior lineman and or a uh, a pass rusher, a, a different pass rusher. And the reason why I'm saying that interior offensive lineman to protect your quarterback, but a pass rusher to make a difference to help that secondary out. And he would rotate with Ojolari and Thibodeau. Yeah, mm-hmm. Ojolari and Thibodeau. Because Ojolari, great player, great speed, explosive, but he's kind of on a pitch count. And you need another guy that you know that when he comes in the game, no matter what, it's not going to be a drop-off. It's not going to be anything other than holy smokes. Just look at the Eagles, dude. You, it's like yeah. th- three, you can, you, if you have three really good pass rushers, yeah. they're all getting on the field. Well, that's what the Giants did for years, right? Correct. That's what the Giants did OC, for years. OC, Tuck, yeah, so, so, so now you got those three. You get those three guys. Then, if possible, because I'm looking at the position that the team, that the draft pick is in, they're, 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 they're going to be middle linebackers that are going to be out there. They're going to be explosive uh, crazy, you're going to run fast, be sideline to sideline, and you need a guy. And that's what Wink wants. He wants speed. Yeah, you need a guy that can uh, that can make a difference out there. A guy that's like he's he's not necessarily, as people call him, a thumper, but he he's a sure tackler. He gets guys to the ground. He'll make tackles in the backfield. We want a guy with a real nose for the ball. Carry tight ends. Yeah, that can carry tight ends, but real nose for the ball that that makes that gets problems. So if you drop him into zone, right in the middle of that in the middle of that defense. You're not throwing the ball in that area because he's going to be close to he's going to be close to making a play, and you need a guy like that. Then then after that you can start filling guys in. You would love to get another cornerback. You'd love to get another safety. Um, those are just guys you need. You need interior linemen, of course you do, um, and, and potentially, and I do mean potentially, you don't know if you need a back like a back back, you, you, like third round, fourth round. You might be able to get a great back. This supposed to be a very deep running yeah, back draft. Too, absolutely. So 100%. And the last thing I'll say, too, because I know fans are very excited, the Giants could have upwards of $50 million, $60 million in cap space. Mm-hmm. When it comes to the quarterback, it's going to go fast. Eats it all up right <laughs> it away. It goes real, real fast. Yeah. So you could just cut $30 million off right there yeah. for the quarterback. The, gu- the guaranteed money and all that stuff. Yeah, it, it's and then, just part of it. Then you got to figure out your own guys, like Saquon and Julian Love. Yeah. 
And <clears throat> you have to save another 10 or so for your draft class. And then, you know, you saw the guys they added this year. You have to save money for that, too. Yeah. Throw in the fact, and Joe Shane pointed this out many times at his press conferences. Every time he was asked about, oh, are you going to be super aggressive in free agency? And his hedge, it wasn't, I shouldn't really call it a hedge, but his answer was, yes, but we have so many guys on this team that we have to take care of not only this year, but I have to plan yeah. for next year. And the year Next going, year, Dexter Joe Lawrence Tom, is a yeah. free agent. Xavier McKinn is a free agent. Thomas. And guys, McKinney. and in two years from yeah. now, Andrew yeah. Thomas. And yeah. by the way, the thing about guys like Dexter and Andrew, those guys might literally get the biggest contract at their position yeah. when they hit free agency. Like, Dexter Lawrence might get $25 million a year. Like, that's where he's going to be. Like, yeah. Andrew Thomas is going to be around $25 million a year. Yeah. Like, that's just where those deals are going to be based on the market, assuming they continue playing the way they're playing. Yeah, I mean, it's it's nothing you can do. And, and and guys, as much as they love the Giants, they're not going to give hometown discounts. They're just not. No. When, if, if you're going to get uh, – the Giants can only offer you $18 million and someone out there is offering you $25 million bucks, you're going to take the $25 yeah. million. And I like Joe Shane said what yeah. him and his group do. They go through every player – and they say, this is our walkaway number. Mm -hmm. And they're trying to figure out what their walkaway number is for every player on, you know, that they can might target in a free agency or they on guys they want to bring back. And they say, look, we can go based on our plan and our counting and how we're going to plan the next few years. This is our walkaway number. We can't do better than this. So yeah. that's a big part of this. They're going to have to come up with whatever those numbers are over the next couple of days. Well, you got to know what you, get, what you can spend and what you can't spend because you start signing guys, then, like I said, you can't ransom your team because you only have one window to play and that's the window that you sign them in. You mean like two off seasons ago? Mm, two off seasons ago the Giants ransomed the team trying to make it didn't make it and then they're, they got to live through that. Great example the Rams did it. They won a Super Bowl and now you got guys talking about retirement. You got the coach. He doesn't know if he wants to stay or whatever. Like, it's, it's everything. The Giants the, the, in 2016. The quarterback, oh, my God, his elbow. Is he going to be able to play anymore? I'm going to stay. I'm going to stay. Like, okay, well, you're going to stay, but we need some of that money back. Like, it's a lot of things going on there. Uh, no draft picks. That's another thing that you <laughs> – not no draft picks, but no first-round draft picks. Yeah. It's a lot. 201-939-4513. Hey, Giant fans, go subscribe to the Giants Huddle podcast. A lot of great stuff going on this week. We have a bunch of interviews in the locker room that Madeline Burke did on Baggy Day when the players pack up and, and say goodbye. Uh, so we have those going up. One's up there already, the offensive group of players. We did defensive players later in the week. Then we'll have a senior bowl preview uh, at some point. Make sure you go check that out um, on the Giants Huddle podcast. All right, let's get to the calls. And now guys have to leave, right? They can't come here and work out and hang out all the time. Injured players can rehab. But no, if you're not injured, you're not supposed to be here. I think as long as you're not coached, I believe you can still use the weight room. I think. Okay. I think. I remember you back in. You know, that. You shouldn't say that. I'm going to double check that. Yeah. I don't know that for sure. I remember when I played back way back in the, in the Golden Era. You literally era. were not allowed in, right? No, we came in. Like, we actually came in and worked out. Like, we had a group of guys, like Sims, myself, and a bunch of guys. And we were just like, hey, look, uh, uh, I. Great season. Hopefully we get better. If you got something banged up, go get it treated. If not, I'm gonna start working out on this day. I'm gonna take a vacation on this day. We would we would, you know, line up with guys and tell them when our vacations were so we can meet and work out. Uh, we were getting our basketball schedule together. We were playing a full, you know, a full basketball season with guys around <laughs> around the northeast and we were we were doing everything. We had to know when everything was going. You know, the the organized quote unquote workouts were I think they were almost in April. 
All right, so here we go. We got a few things here. Prior to commencement of the club's official off-season workout program, mm -hmm. players may not get workout bonus or bonuses or payments. Yes, yeah, they are not permitted to participate in club supervised workouts. Okay. Um, players' activities may not be directed or supervised by any coaches, except that the club strength and conditioning coaches may direct an individual player's workout in the weight room okay. and may supervise it. It's the same then. Players may participate on a voluntary basis in club-sponsored individual group activities and instruction at the club facility related to diet, nutrition, wellness, yeah. yoga, aerobic swimming, or any type of yeah. other therapeutic it, it, exercise. It's basically, it's basically the same thing, except for we didn't have yoga and all that wonderful stuff. Yeah, and basically <laughs> clubs may clubs may provide players with video for viewing by a player away from, away has to be away from the facility. Yeah, you can't watch kind of something, you can't is. watch you can't watch any tape here. That's, that's correct. Or, well it's no tape anymore, but you can't. They give you the iPad, you take it up. So there it is. You can come in and do stuff on your own if you want, yeah. but you cannot be And you can organize it up. as a group of guys to come in and do it together. Yeah, the players and, have to do it though. And and the strength and conditioning coach can he can't tell the group, but he can tell an individual what to do and then they can go do it together. <laughs> and I'm sure they really, you know, keep track of all that too. Um, actually, they probably do more than you think. Oh uh, yeah, they uh, do it a lot more than you think. What's up? I'm John Wall, and I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Six Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one -on -one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all. But I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one -on -one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't me? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's go to Justin in Charlotte. He's going to lead, lead us off today on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Hi, Justin. Hey, uh, Sh uh, Schmelk and Howard. How's it going? We're good, man. Um, What's up? First time, first time caller. Um, I just want to say two things. The first thing is uh, I've been listening to you guys since the uh, pre-draft season. Um, you guys have been awesome. I think I've grown as a fan and just become more of a Giants fan for, from you guys. No, thanks for listening. And, uh, we the appreciate it. The second thing is, um, yeah, it, uh, this loss to Philly was a bad loss, but I wasn't even – I didn't even care at all. I was just so optimistic that we finally – like we have a decision on Daniel as a fan base and maybe as an organization that like we want him here. Same thing with Barkley. And it's good to see that like – the, the culture as a fan base and as the organization has changed. And, you know, Giants fans and the, the team, we're all excited. So uh, I just want to throw that out there. You guys. <laughs> nah, Justin, I appreciate it. You got anything else for us? No, that's all. All right, good stuff. Hey, look, Giant fans should be excited, and they should be optimistic. And thanks for calling in for the first time and being yeah, part been, of the show. It's, it's been a few years since they had something to, to look forward to. You know, and, and this is a is a good moment for them. A lot of teams are going their their season's over, and they're like, "Oh my God, what are we going to do now?" Like, you know, and I don't want to beat on anybody specifically, but we'll go with Denver. You know, you just watch that season. You're like, "Is Russell Wilson done?" Right. And you're terrified right now because you know he's there for the next three years. Yeah, and look, Brian Dable pointed this out yesterday too at his press conference many times. Look, every season's new. 
you know, linear uh, progress is not always linear. It doesn't always <laughs> no. go in a straight line up. So you might go up, oh, a little bit of a dip. Then you come back up again. And if you look at the NFL year to year, folks, literally I, half the playoff teams change every year. I would say look at this year specifically, the, the way the Rams wound up, the way the, the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers wound up, Packers. The, the Packers wound up. Like all of a sudden, holy smokes, what happened? The, the way. I think Detroit wind up playing the entire year. They, they, Seattle, yeah, Seattle. Oh, they're gonna go into the, they're they're done. People and thought also, they were tanking for Bryce yeah. Young. So now you, you got yeah, and now you got to look at it as okay. Now now we see because I I tell guys this all the time. I talk to players when they ask me like, what's the biggest thing? Why'd you stay around so long? So that I had the realization that you're not the same person every day. You either get a little better or a little worse, and that's kind of got to be up to you. Because things change around you constantly, so you have to be constantly working to get a little better every time you get out there. Yeah, I mean, if you if you just look at it, you know, really quick with the standings, I mean, you have from the Giants at nine wins, there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. 15 there are seventeen teams with between seven and nine wins. Mm-hmm. That's one play in a couple games, and those records can be just flopped. That's one catch, one one correct call, one 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 whatever. One, it's more than time. half the league is between seven and nine wins. Yeah, very easy for a lot of those teams to just flip or flop over the course of the year. And if you think about it, I'm sure. Oh yeah, man, boy, like a a Saint fan must be horribly disappointed. Well, they only had two fewer wins than the Giants did. Yeah, a couple things go differently. Those records can easily swap next yeah, year. Soon so a quarterback shows up there, all of a sudden things look really scary for for the teams in the South. Yeah, no question. Yeah. Same thing with Carolina, by the way. They got a nice team. They just yeah. need a quarterback. Yeah, that's true. And a coach, but, you know, we ain't saying anything. Well, I mean, Wilkes did a pretty good job once Wilkes he did it. I thought Wilkes yeah. did a great job. I think if he had a, a had a quarterback to help him out, I think he might. I think the Panthers have enough people there to, to get something done. 100%. 201-939-4513. Let's go to Andrew in Virginia. He's up next. Hey, Andrew. Hey, guys. I want to echo and say thank you for a very fulfilling season. Um, I'm one of the original Big Blue Kickoff live callers from way back. Yeah, in the day. I remember, Andrew. You've been with nice. us for a long time, bro. Nice. And this is, you know, this has been one of the most refreshing seasons I can ever remember. So thank you. I've listened to all the podcasts. I love them. Keep well, them thank you then. <laughs> thank <laughs> you. Um, and I'm great. sorry. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm one of those guys that are plugged in. I, I go down the podcast. All of them. I love them. So thank you, John, especially for doing all the other stuff on the huddle and everything. It's well, really Andrew, make, great, great now, content. And now that we're in the offseason, dude, make sure you, if you're not already, subscribe to Draft Season. We just did a uh, hour interview with Jim Nagy, who uh, runs the Senior Bowl with Tony Paulina and I. That's going up tomorrow. So for the fans out there that are ready for draft, you can go check it out on Draft Season. Well, it's, it's exciting. I absolutely will. Yeah. I absolutely will. Um, I just wanted to say about the game itself, and I know we're a couple of days away. No, go ahead. Whatever Man, you want. That's I, fine. I, I, w- I went to the game. Uh, Philadelphia is just an incredible uh, arena to see a sports uh, contest of any kind. The fans they, are rough, fans, Andrew. That is a great football stadium. <laughs> it, it, it's, it, it's, it's just a great stadium. It is. It's, the electricity is there. Everybody's tailgating. It's a lot of fun, and I'll tell you what, it was no different than going to any other game for me. So don't, if you ever want to go, 
don't put yourself in harm's way, of course, but it, it, I, I really think the Philly fans want you to think it's going to be a death sentence going in there. So I, I would encourage anybody to go. It's a very excellent product they put That's a on the field. It's awesome. This is like so, th- this is the Instagram when they get that little the little circle and the, and a the, and the slash through it. Don't listen to this. Do not go down there with somebody <laughs> else's stuff, man. <laughs> I appreciate that. Hey, I like Philadelphia kind of. No. Mm-mm. Yo, Ed, let me ask you, were you like laying low at the game? Or were you, you wearing did you, Giants did you, gear? Did you have like your big giant winter coat on and the hat? Like, like were you way out there or were you a little bit under the radar? Yeah, I was more under the radar. <laughs> there you go. Towing around. Go. You know, the guy that's the black coat. in Houston or whatever that's towing around Eagles uh Eagles dolls from his car. Yeah, I'm not that guy. Okay, yeah. All right. <laughs> Fair, like, enough. Fair enough. What do you what else in do you have in any case? <laughs> the only the only thing I wanted to say is I was really I was looking for our interior D line to match up differently against their line. You know, we know they controlled it on offense, defense. And anything they wanted to do, they could do it. And I, I'm just wondering from yeah. your guys' perspective. Mm-hmm. You know, that was a real long that was a long ride home for my son and I. We were I was expecting more than what we got. And I know that their talent and everything, they had a week off. They they just completely dominated yeah. in ways that I really didn't expect. I was very, very surprised. And um from what you saw, what? How do you explain the amount of just dominance, especially running the football against our very talented defensive front? How do you? And I know the linebackers aren't filling, and we have a huge liability there. There's so half what, the answer. What can you? What, can you make us feel any better about that performance? Yeah, it's, it's very simple. Like when the Giants went down the first time and they didn't they didn't get but like maybe one or two first downs and they wound up when they, they didn't punt and they, they gave the ball right back to the Eagles. Those are reps that you can't get back when you're fighting that hard in a game. Uh, they came out the next series, I think it was like a three and out or something. The defense is right back in the game. And the Eagles were having long drives. So you just – when you don't have a lot of depth to begin with, you just you can't do it. You have to get you have to, your offense and your defense have to be complementary. They have to hang in there. Uh, if one team scores, you got to have at least a long drive to give your defense a chance to like catch his breath a little bit. And then you start subbing guys in. You know, if Dexter Lawrence is not in the game, or if if, if Big Lenny is not in the game, it starts to look a little different in that defensive front. So. You know, and I'm not, you know, beating on all the other guys. They're they're pros, but they're not, you know, Dexter is an all pro player. Leonard could be an all pro player. It's just those are two guys they can't play seventy plays. And they can't do it all themselves. I mean, look, it, it stopping the run, Howard, is a team game. Yeah, you but, know that. Yeah, but seventy plays. You well, know, you, they both you, were like ninety percent of the snaps. Yeah, no, you, I when, know. Once you get past thirty five plays as a defensive lineman and you know, Part of the time you're playing the run and you're getting grinded on. The other part of the time you're trying to get through somebody who's who's pulling you down to do a pass rush. It just gets wind. You get winded and you're yeah. chasing guys. Once they break the line of scrimmage, that that's a lot of work for yeah, you. And Andrew, you hit at the linebackers too. And I think you know the other part of it too. And Howard, we kind of t- were talking back and forth about this during the game over the IFB. That look, I think the Giants, given their cornerback situation, and they've done a great job of preventing mm-hmm. big plays over the top all year. They were trying to keep their two safeties deep. 
for most of this game. You know, yep. they were not filling in the box a lot because A.J. Brown's awesome. You know, yeah. and, and Devontae Smith's awesome. They're they, great. They so did, They did a pretty good job outside of a Devontae Smith's long yeah. pass. And and what they also did was that you didn't notice is like if they ran the ball to the edge, they'd ran it towards Jackson. Every time. And they would put uh, Brown on Jackson, who outweighed him by like, I don't know, 30, 40 pounds. Absolutely. And they're like, okay, so now your defensive line has got to chase from the middle of the field to the side of the field where Jackson is getting, and you can't cut. You can't do anything. You got to try way, to stand up in front of the guy. It wasn't just tradi- it wasn't just traditional run game. Sorry for interrupting. You yeah. did a bunch of those wide receiver screens yeah. so too to that side. It's hard to it's hard to like it, you got to chase that. Those that's how you get your and you're doing it what we call tempo and you're doing it at tempo. Yeah, two guys aren't enough. You need you need four or five guys, probably eight guys to rotate in so guys can spell each other and and eight guys to play at a really high level. If you have to quote unquote pull one guy out at a time, the other guys are getting tired when you're pulling the one guy out. And Andrew, that's what makes the Eagles great, right? If you go up and you bring up extra guys to stop the run, they'll go over the top on you. If you yeah. prevent the over-the-top plays, they'll run it on you. And that's that's where the Giants need to get, right? Because right now, all yeah. right, teams get up there and they want to stop the run. Well, who's really going to beat you over the top consistently? Yeah, and, like that, 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 That's what the Giants are missing. You know what and, I mean? And on the on the opposite yeah. side, they got to be able to run. The Giants have to be able to run the ball effectively. They got to get four yards, mm-hmm. three yards. They got to. They got to. You know, I thought Barkley get, was fine in the game. He was it, okay. He, but. It's not just Barkley when like you have to be able to hold up up oh, front, yeah. move the line of scrimmage, and and cause well, and give them make them tired. They have to fight back. Right, so. Daniel Jones's legs weren't a factor in the no. game. No, well, again, I we you know they said in the game. You know, oh, design run from Daniel, but the game before that when he played in Minnesota. Well, I was just even, even scrambling I was talking yeah. about. Like, yeah, but when scramble, he scrambled, he didn't scramble that much. When he did, right. it, it was effective. Sure. Right. Running the ball, no. They were looking for him to run the ball. They right. were like, all you could do is sit on the edge. Uh, the edge guy has come up field, straight up field. Like, once he comes up field, turns you back inside to, like, ten guys. Yeah. That's not good. You got anything else, Andrew? Just wanted to say that Dallas-San Francisco game should be required viewing for everybody else in the division. The amount of just guys wanting to hit each other. Oh, yeah, that was a physical game. game. It was so physical. It was a throwback. It was There was running. There was hitting. The linebacker play was out of control. And that's exactly yeah, the kind great. of mentality I would hope for next season, whatever we do this offseason. Good stuff. So let's go Big Blue. Thanks, Andrew. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you want to watch two, if you want to see two really good defenses beat yeah. the crap out of each other, go watch that Dallas mm-hmm. 49er game. Oh, man. Yeah, their linebackers could flow and get to the ball. Fred they're, Warner they're, is they're, an unbelievable player. That was impressive, Ooh. that the, the linebacker play alone. Uh, also, you know, going back to like what happens in games, you notice that both defenses, maybe a six-play drive, maybe. Yeah. Then you're punting the ball. Yeah, Dallas's defense did run out of steam a little bit yeah. in the second half of that yeah, game. They got they once, once, once you make a couple plays, okay, we got to get, we got to keep going. So that's yeah. what happens. Two zero one nine three nine four five one three. Ron in New Jersey's up next. Hey, Ron. Hey guys, nice to talk to you. Thanks for I, calling. I echo. Uh, yep, I echo the views of everyone else, and this isn't why I'm calling, but it got me thinking. What is the schedule for Big Blue Live in the off season and the weeks? Oh, ahead? Big Blue kickoff live every day, twelve thirty. Man, lock that in, baby. There you go. Okay. All right, you got it. Then. Yeah, we, we, we have Big Blue kickoff live will be every day. Giants huddle, I think, two twice a week. Pearson is kind of what we settled on, and then mm-hmm. we're going to have draft season once a week. So we still got plenty of content coming your way. Excellent. So two quick sort of procedural questions on going forward. When it comes to signing 
Daniel Jones, Saquon, and whatnot. When do we expect to hear from that? Is it a day, an hour, a week? Are there, there are rules around that? Do not hold your breath. I mean, uh, there are there are no rules. They're your own players, so you can you can start having those conversations now if you want. I mean, when when do, when when are they able to talk to other teams? Oh, I have not looked no, at that, that day that, yet. Let that, me say that's that's the question. He NFL, probably is what he's morally asking. So, but it, since they're the Giants under their team control, they could start those negotiations whenever. Yeah, they want. but when the when the other teams are allowed to call is when the yep. conversations kind of. That's when things get a little out there. They, a they go faster. All right, so let's see. I, 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 think it's I will March, give you the right? dates right here. Yeah, I know sometime in March. I'm trying to get it here. So basically, uh, you have until March seventh to designate a franchise tag. So okay. That's the franchise tag deadline. Um, let's see. On March thirteenth at noon is the free agency negotiation period. Yeah. Which is you know fake. You know we're going to sign you, but we're not going to actually sign you. But we're going to announce that we're going to sign you, but we're not uh-huh. going to sign you yet. So March thirteenth, and then you can uh, the league year officially starts on the fifteenth at four p.m. So, ba- so but ba- you can franchise someone and change your mind, right? And then sign them to a long contract. Yeah, yeah, you can do that also. Yeah, yeah, you can pull the well as long as the player doesn't sign it. Once yeah. the player signs the franchise tag, uh-huh. you, you can't take that back. Oh, oh, I didn't know that. Like I that happened. That, a, that happened okay. a couple years ago. Oh man, a player on the Raiders. I want to say they put the tag out there, and the player signed it right away, and they're like, "Oh, <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah, All right. you, so, you did that." <laughs> yeah. So, so one other uh, quick one. Uh, you know, yesterday in the press conference, they talked about how a third, maybe half of the team turns over. Yeah, sure. And I know you touched on this a little bit earlier. What What's the percentage of the coaching staff where that happens to? And while I understand other teams want Kafka and they want Wink, don't we want to keep the band together? Doesn't the, don't don't the Giants you know give them more incentive to stay? Like, what, yeah, what are your but, thoughts on that? But if you're but if you're a coach, let's say you're a longtime coach. If you're Kafka and you're a young guy, if you're Wink and you've been around for a while, and you're you're coaching with aspirations of one day probably being a head coach. Do you stay with the organization even though you love them to death because Wink has expressed his true love for the Giants? Or do you take the head coaching job? Yeah, there's only 32 of them, man. It's yeah, hard to say no to those. those are hard. Yeah, it's cool, like, but, yeah. And, and if you're a really good quarterback's coach like Shea Tierney and someone wants you to be the offensive coordinator, call yeah. plays, it's hard to say no That's to a that. a different one. Yeah, and we, got, yeah. We, we even have a kid on the team, Davis Webb, who was almost a coach, a quarterback's coach, and decided to come here and play another year. He'll be a coach probably if he decides to, if he decides to, to get out of yeah, football. Yeah, and if you're another team and you love the way Wink calls a game, and there aren't that many defensive coordinators that'll call a game like Wink, right? And no. The way he goes about things. Mm-hmm. Like, Drew Wilkins is somebody that's been with him forever. Yeah. And he is, and Wink has said right. publicly at press conferences that, look, if you want a defensive coordinator, go hire that dude. Like, he's awesome. So, yeah. Uh, and what's my guy's name we'll at uh, San Francisco? I, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. As you get Nicole older, Lines? you realize sometimes hang on a little longer. Like, Kafka. You can't. Hey, they'll try. What are they making? Two million a year? <laughs> it, it I don't know how much the coordinators it, it, make. It doesn't really it. work like that because you also have guys that are still on your on your on your uh, payroll that uh, you let go a year or two ago. So that That's you know fair. that okay. that that happens. No, too. but Ron, look, they they will incentivize these guys to stay, but usually if it's oh we'll pay you more as an OC versus you get to be a head coach, the guy's going to go be a head coach. Yeah, it's just hard. You, you even give them titles uh-huh. like assistant head assistant coach. Assistant head coach. Yeah, yeah you try right. you try to give them titles to hold them in place, <laughs> right. but that is hard. Okay. Well, thanks, guys. I enjoy the show and want to keep listening. Thank you, Ron. Thank you. Oh, I forgot to give you congratulations. Why? Bill O'Brien left. 
<laughs> Roll Tide. <laughs> <laughs> Look, all jokes aside, Bill O'Brien, the the Alabama team had a really good year, even offensively. Uh, even with Bill O'Brien there, uh, despite we had you know three players that should have been up was for that the Heisman. Second year there, or just the first? Uh, second, second year there, right? That's and right. And I just I just felt like you know they just weren't in sync a lot, and and you know uh, poor Bryce Young was trying to he had to like create a lot of stuff a, a lot of times, and when you got certain downs and distance, I think in a Tennessee game, run the ball, they win the game. Like you you're in the your fourth quarter, seconds are running out. You got the best running game, best offensive line. Run the ball. And by the way, that was that was more me being funny. I actually, <laughs> I actually think that's a pretty good ad for the Patriots. I think, I, I, I think, I think that'll be good for. Mac Jones. I, I wish him all the luck in the world, but you know, God bless him. But my my point being, I think Mac Jones needs a real offensive. Oh yeah, he, to he's going to really help. He's going to really help Mac. That's Absolutely. But here's the difference, though. He was still under contract of the Texans. <laughs> yes, he, well, yeah, he was. He might still be. <laughs> so so he, he goes to Alabama, <laughs> and Alabama gets him on the cheap for a couple of years. Now he doesn't have to go anywhere else, and Bill Belichick's like, hey, is he done yet, or was his contract that? And I think we'll have a good better feel for Mac Jones yeah. now. Next yeah, you year got you got double benefits all around the field with that one. And Bill Bryant, look, he, he does know how to coordinate a passing game. He knows Absolutely. how to do that. 100%. Yeah. 201-939-4513. Ricky is on Long Island. Ricky. Hey, what's going on? Howard, John, how hey, we doing? what's up? Very good. Uh, I was just thinking a little to the future, and uh, I know everybody's already going crazy, right? All we need to sign everybody and draft everybody, and it's not that simple. <laughs> so I, I was just thinking, um, next year, you know, like you just you guys just brought up a few minutes ago, you know, you got – Let's say fifty million in space, but let's make the obvious move. I think that if you post June first, Galladay, which is kind of obvious to everybody, and you're up mother, to sixty about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's pretty much just going to cover your draft class, right? So that's call that a call that a scrap. That much money is really just offsetting your draft class. Either yeah, way, give or take about that, right? Give or take, yeah. Yep. So what I'm thinking is, if you're going to pay, let's say, and you have obviously Dexter Lawrence, Thomas, let's say Adore Jackson will be up the following year, right? McKinney, um, Leonard Williams, McKinney, Leonard list. Williams. So if you took, but the following year, as of now, you have like 12 players under contract for that year, but you also have 179 million dollars. Sure. That's as of today, uh, from under the cap. Um, maybe you push some of that Daniel Jones money, that Saquon Barkley money. Maybe a little of that Thomas money. Maybe a little extra of that Dexter money. Push a little bit of that when you have all that space because you don't have a whole lot of other guys to sign. Yeah, you can so do that. So using $179 million, bring in 200 people. Maybe just keep your core guys in that you want. You chew up some of that space. Leave yourself a little flexibility. Like this year, I don't want to really sign a whole lot of people. The only guy I would spend money on, and it's just me personally, it's got nothing to do with him being Buffalo, is Tremaine Edmonds. Um, I think that's a guy you could bring in. He's going to want probably top market linebacker money. But besides him, I really wouldn't start paying anybody else. Not wide receivers, not not corners. They're going to want all this money, pass rushers. I like what Howard said. I wasn't thinking about that. Um, I think, yeah, maybe you draft a pass rusher. Those are the guys who get paid, you know, second or third most in the, in the league, right? Yeah. So maybe you draft another one, have a good rotation there. And then after this draft, the following free agency, you could start trying to bring in those accent pieces. And, again, between this year, you make a little bit of move, but the, if you put a – a lot of this money you got to spend into the following year. And don't forget, this year you had uh, Logan Ryan dead money, right? 
Yep. Um, next year you have Sterling Shepard on a void year, I think, right? Four yep. million, I saw, four and some change. I, and, and I wouldn't be he, surprised, by the way, if Shepard's back to rehab on a on a on a lower cost deal. That would not surprise me. I was actually going to say that. I hope that they do that. I like him in the locker room. Me and my friend uh, Derek were talking about this today. I'd want him to come back. I mean, you could void him and bring him back for a veteran minimum. I think if you tell him that's what you're going to do, he might just accept whatever whatever cut you're going to offer him, um, and that'll chew up a couple more million for you. But Again, you got all these guys in house. Like I don't know that you could keep everybody, but if you could, the guys you really got to pay money to. Look at that twenty twenty four cap year, and plus it's going up. So that yep. that one hundred and seventy nine might be more like one hundred and eighty nine or one hundred ninety five. It might be two hundred, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and that's their space. That's not the cap. That's just their yeah. space now. So I would try to use some of that to bring in your guys that are in now already here that you want to bring back. Chew up some of that. Leave yourself. He already talks about cap health, Joe Shane. Um, I, I like what the direction is, and I can tell you this. This is my bold prediction for next year. Um, I think I could pick out, and let's say Paul Dettino's wrong, even though he's probably not, and we end up with nine picks. I think I could tell you seven of those nine draft picks in any particular order of the position. Um, I would say put it on the board. Wow. Um, I think you're going to get What did Paul D-back. say, by the way? Real quick, what did Paul say about the draft? Nine picks. Uh, he said we had two compensaries coming, um, possibly from – Chason and from Lorenzo Carter, a six and a seven. He didn't mention Evan Ingram. I don't know if that's because he didn't get a long-term deal or not. But when he was talking about that, he didn't mention it. Mention yeah, Evan Ingram. Ingram had a one-year one deal. Yeah, yeah I, so I, I can. Count, yeah, right? over, over the cap tracks the compensatory pick formulas. I'll look up right now what they think is is coming. This is in the week. Yeah, that's what Paulie Dot said yesterday. He said something about a six and a seven for Lorenzo Carter and uh, Chason. I'm looking it up right now. I I need a second. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, so, 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 so let's say he's wrong. Let's say we just end up somehow with the nine. I think mm-hmm. you take, in no particular order, you take a D-back, you take a linebacker, you take a wide receiver, you take an interior offensive lineman, take an interior defensive lineman, and I think you take a uh, a running back. Those six out of nine picks that we definitely have, mm-hmm. I think, in, and, and I'm not talking like including the late stuff. I'm talking like one to six. The first six picks, I think, are those six in any order. Yes, and it, and it does look like a six and a seven should be coming over. Yeah, so the, right, so that's what he said. Yeah, the the whole the whole thing is is like we kind of all know what what they need to pick. It's just like can you find that right player, the player that the, that you like one, and the one that's going to fit whatever system you have. Which Fans, I think I think ahead. that the guys that are, you know, I think Dable and those guys are able to fit a lot of different guys, a lot of different style guys into their to their plans but if you could find a guy that's like perfect for something you want that guy you want a guy that you know hopefully and i do mean hopefully because it's really hard these days but hopefully it's been super healthy during college thank you ricky appreciate it yeah exactly yeah thank you man good stuff now fans are going to get tired of me saying this because this is going to be probably a once a show occurrence and yeah it's exactly what you said you don't draft positions you draft players you can't say, I'm drafting, and I want to draft the best wide receiver in the first round. Well, that's how you wind up with a bad football player. You want to, you draft the players that are available to you. You can't wish cast a position in a round. There has to be the right player that does the stuff you want them to be able to do that's available for you to pick. So I get you could say, I want to prioritize these positions. That's fine. But you can only pick the players that are available. And sometimes that guy you need in that spot is not there. And that does happen sometimes. Yeah, okay. I, I agree with that and I disagree with that. And this is why. 
I think that usually most of the guys will just go top 10. The top 10 guys are kind of set. You kind of know who they are. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so you know that there's going to be two to three quarterbacks. You know there's going to be, I think, uh, one tight end. I think. Oh, you think Mayer's going to get in the top 10? Yeah, I think Mayer will be in okay. the top 10. I think there's going to be two or three offensive linemen, maybe – so that's three, four, that's six. There's gonna be at least seven. there's gonna be a couple there's gonna be a couple edge rushers, a defensive tackle. There you go. There's ten. So you know what you got. So when we did that, we didn't count a receiver. Mm-hmm. So now receivers are down eleven through whatever. So that's how you know sure. what you're going to get. So I think when you put your draft together, you put it together like you put your top ten players. On a, on a draft thing, and well, you're right. Say, yeah, right. And, no, but you, you're you're talking about the literal players in this draft class, though. So, yeah. so you're you're taking the players into consideration. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. 100%, I yeah agree. So you're like right. you know, you have what you want, and you have what you need. You go, okay, this is where we're drafting at, and right. then you start building your draft board, or I would start building my draft board from like, okay, these are the players I think are here. These are my wish list guys. They're going to be up here. Mm-hmm. If somebody falls, got to figure out why they fell, and then we got to go get them because. We do a pretty good job as, as an organization of, of vetting guys. But you, you just got to figure out why. They, they're down there to you. And then you go for it. I don't know about the whole pushing money forward and all that stuff, waiting for If I'm a quarterback or any position and I'm up for a contract this year and I'm like, okay, I'm going to stay with the Giants. I'm going to take the three years because I know after my second year, they'll be trying to give me an extension. Because the money's going to be so high. And you know that in the next two years, Burrow and Herbert are going to get signed, and that's going to yeah. reset the quarterback. Whatever whatever position it is, I'm trying to get, you know, if, if, you, if you take them for four years, then, you know, it's a lot more money to the cap and everything. But it, it saves you from having to deal with it mm-hmm. later on. For sure. If you take them for three years, you're going to have them basically for two years before you start negotiating with them again. Yeah, I mean, I, I think at least how I understood the, the point Ricky was trying to make is that when you sign these contracts, you can you know move money into later years as the cap goes yeah, up. So but yeah, you can guy, do anything, guys, whatever you guy, want. Guys do that. You can move the money wherever you want to, but that is, that's not how the money flows. And I will say this. Howard. You know that, right? Yeah, 100%. I yeah, know if, if you get a $100 million contract, they break it up for three years. You can push your money back <laughs> in the oh, third yeah. year, but it still counts in the first year. Yeah, all, yeah I mean, yeah. It's accounting. It's yeah, not actual yeah. when the checks get. Like if you uh-huh. get a hundred million dollars signing bonus, you get the hundred million dollars. Yeah, you're gonna get it. <laughs> but the twenty just gets spread out on the, over, for, over. for accounting. Correct. Yeah, yes. Yeah. What's up? I'm John Wall and I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Six Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what so, I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't me? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, yes. Yeah, so in terms of not being super aggressive in free agency this year, I agree. I don't think you go out there and you spend every last cent and you put yourself in purgatory like you talked about. We're mm-hmm. trying to do too much. I do think whether it's free agency or the draft, and I think we're on the same page on this, 
I think for Daniel Jones' sake, as you want to see him continue to develop as a quarterback, I need that. You know, maybe it's not going to be Devontae Adams and a player of that caliber, and that's fine. But I need like a 90, 80 catch receiver here. Okay. I so, need it. So, so let's do this. He's coming from the draft. You know that, right? He, I think it's more likely than not. Yes. Yeah, yeah. There, there, I don't there, are, with there that. is nobody that I can think of that's a free agent that's coming up that's a 90 catch guy. No, there aren't. There isn't. I agree. Like, Juju Smith-Schuster is the, probably uh, the best uh, free agent wide receiver, and he ain't a 90 catch Unless guy. you're going to take, you know, and and trade for Hopkins. And he, I think he's too old. Yeah, and I, I mean, and if you trade for him, you're trading what for him? Right. And, no, I agree. And then, like, if you're taking on a contract, he's got a big contract. Now, here's the question. What happens if a guy we're not thinking about, like, a, like last year, right, like Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams? What if one of these teams decides they can't keep a top wide receiver and they decide to move him? Again, it, it it both guys got they they got the bank they they got their oh, bank they got the bank and the team that traded them got basically two first round picks yeah so no I'm not trading away two first round fair enough uh, and, all right so that and, means it's coming to the draft <laughs> yeah and the reason why is that this is like you when they took those guys okay when they took Tyreek Hill in Miami mm-hmm. they were like okay this guy's a difference maker we pair him with Waddle. We got a chance to challenge for the division, well, and we want to give Tua to see if Tua is the guy. Yeah, but we but we got a chance to challenge for the division. Absolutely. Yeah, regardless of who's throwing the ball, we like we like the idea that Tua could be the guy. But we got a chance to challenge. We we want a game changer. When they try when they tra- traded for Adams, same thing. Now, just turns out they're both guys, both quarterbacks. Tua with the injuries and heads. Hopefully, he'll be okay. And you know, and in Carr, it just wasn't there. Yep. So, like now, you now you got these guys that are explosive, that are incredible, they could do anything. But you got to find a trigger man to get the ball to them. What are you looking for in terms of a receiver, Howard? And Scott, we'll get to you in a second. I promise. You looking for a bigger speed over the top, big play guy? You're looking for more of the speed, quickness, technician, route runner type. You want a guy that can that can get himself open. I'm tired of hearing about 50-50 receivers. Guys, oh, he, he competes for the 50-50 balls. I agree with you. You want a guy, you want a Devontae Smith type guy. Oh, he he can't, he's not durable. He's not this. Like, oh, yeah, the guy's open. The guy can beat you over the top. The guy was very technical. You want a guy like an A.J. Brown that's that big and strong and can run routes with speed. You need somebody like that that's out there, whether it's a kid from TCU was a kid from um, USC. Yeah, Jordan yeah. Addison's a good player. Man. You know, the, or a kid from Ohio State. Uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba. Yeah, so like, and I don't think he's going to be the guy. You know, I don't mean to be beating on him a little bit, but he's kind of small. But you need guys that are going to be difference makers in your game. That you know that from week one, from preseason, from from throwing camp, from <laughs> from OTAs till the last snap of the last game you play. Did you think that that guy's going to be there for you? And you want guys like that. Don't know if you can get one, but that's what you're looking for. Let's wrap us up with Scott New Mexico. He's on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Scotty Do. Hi, guys. How are you doing today? What's up? Very good. Uh, I'm not going to lament on the game. As a Giant fan for over 60 years, I was actually embarrassed watching the game because I, unlike a lot of Giants fans, don't think there was that much of a disparity. I'm not saying that Philadelphia... Philadelphia oh, there, there was, was a great... Before, before you, I know you've been watching for 60 years, great disparity in, in the personnel. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, there, there was a difference. But some of the plays that they made, I, I don't know why Nick, uh, why McFadden was on uh, Devontae Smith. I don't know why... 
a healthy Matt Pert wasn't substituted for Evan Neal, who was struggling, obviously, the whole game with the injury. I, I, honestly, I thought the Giants' offensive line actually did okay. Evan Neal, Evan Neal, the last two games of the season, had his two best games of the season. I don't think he gave up a sack. Yeah, but he didn't play very well in the Philadelphia game. And uh, I'm thinking there were, there were other plays. I'm not going to go into it because it's not my main point. But I just, looking at this game, I thought they could have done a lot more. There was a lot of yards after catch. Well, I mean, people were knocked over. It just didn't seem like the same team that I had watched the whole season. And that's why I thought it wasn't really... Well, Scott, uh, let me ask you. I, I mean, you say it didn't look like... With the, I mean, did it look like the game on December 11th? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, uh, you know, you were mentioning uh, a couple of things. Uh, I don't want to get to my main point because I don't know how much time I have. No, but, you're uh, fine. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, you thought that the, you were surprised the Giants made the playoffs. And I'm saying to myself, you look at the schedule, they play Tennessee, Green Bay, Houston, Carolina, Chicago, Indianapolis. None of those teams were very good. So the Giants had better personnel. They had better coaching far and away, mm-hmm. I think, than they did before. And even we two didn't, years we, ago. First of all, Scott, we didn't know Green Bay was going to be bad before the year. And you didn't know Tennessee was going to be bad before the year. Right, but they were. And the yeah, no, but we were, we, were, we were talking about before the year what we thought. Right. You can't you can't do the You can't retcon. You, you can't go like, okay, well these guys were really bad at, and the Giants beat them. Well, yeah, they're supposed to beat them if they're bad. What you were doing is you're trying to forecast. When you forecast, sure. no, you look, and I you look at the, that. you look at the two-time MVP, back-to-back MVP guy, you look at a Tennessee team that was competing to win the South and getting into the playoffs. They were in the AFC title game. Yeah, so you're looking at teams that were like, okay, they're building on their on their success. They were the you, one seed, pardon me. They didn't get to the title game. They yeah, were the one seed. They were the one seed. Right. You're looking at teams like that way, and you're like, okay, the Giants are going to have a tough year. You try to pick out the games that you like teams that are struggling, historically struggling, and you're like, okay, we got a chance against them. And and, and, and maybe don't have a quarterback. Right? Yeah, it's right. Like, right. Here, here's right. a here's a great example. Before the season, you looked at Detroit. You're like, well, that's a W. When the season, when we got closer to playing Detroit, I'm like, oh no, man, these guys I are agree. balling. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not <laughs> yeah. disagreeing with you, Howard, on that. I'm just mm-hmm. saying that even a, two years ago, when we were six and ten, Joe Judge was coaching the team. If if Philadelphia hadn't tanked. The last game of the year, the Giants would have made the playoffs also. Yeah, but they won six games, Scott. That's not a playoff team. I'm talking about making the playoffs. I'm not talking about going further. It's it's fine. I got you. Go ahead. What's your point? Okay. Well, here's the thing that I wanted to ask, the questions that I had. Uh, And I'll try to make them quick. Uh, There's a lot of teams that are going to need quarterbacks. Uh, I don't know what the situation is with Daniel Jones. So Las Vegas is one that comes to mind. Mm -hmm. Nobody knows what Lamar Jackson is going to do in Baltimore. I don't know what they're going to set up with Daniel Jones, but I hope they keep him. But my question is this, and I'll take it off the air. If they should lose Wink Martindale and Kafka, just for argument's sake, say they lose both to head coaching positions, Mm -hmm. does that change the way the Giants will look at uh, UFAs or how they draft because they're going to be coming into different systems with different guys. And how, how does that impact the team in regards to how they're going to draft or look for free agents? And I'll be glad to take your answers off the air, guys. Thanks again. Well, I mean, I think you do the same thing you do every year. You talk to your coordinators and you see what type of players they want, the type of player that they want at the positions to fill out their scheme. And I think the mm. good thing, look, and I don't think this is going to happen, but let's say your horrible, worst-case, doom-scrolling scenario pulls out here. If Wink leaves, at least 
the guy I mentioned earlier, right, Drew Wilkins, I assume they would keep him as the DC and he would keep the system in place. So I think that would hopefully be something that could help if he's had to go that way. And if Kafka leaves, obviously, while Brian Dable didn't call the plays, he was instrumental in putting the offense together with Dable. So I think you're going to have some continuity there as well. So I do think that helps. Okay, so so this is this is what I think. And and let's go let's go doomsday scenario. Both guys get jobs. Sure. Right? Mm-hmm. Here's what happens. I think Dable finds somebody that, that fits his system or someone he likes like that. This is OC you're talking As about? This is OC okay. and brings him in. Whether he brings another guy from Kansas City, because he could, he could poach the quarterback coach or somebody from Kansas City and get, make sure that that guy is running his kind of offense where they're in it together, and it's done. Then you go defense. They can go with the defense they have, or and this is a big or, or they can bring in somebody from the outside. Uh, Brian Flores is down in Pittsburgh, and I know. Yeah, well, I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> uh, well, don't don't be surprised if they offered him well, if they offered him the defensive coordinator job. There is there is a lawsuit right it, now. It, there is a de- lawsuit <laughs> right now. Again, <laughs> as you're laughing, but again, if 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 Wink left and they're like, okay, Flores, nope, lawsuit aside. Mm-hmm. We'd like to interview you. Would you like? Would you consider coming in? Oh, as a coordinator, then he, coach. then they are going to then he has to make a decision. Sure. Do I continue with my lawsuit, or do I go, you know, take an off uh, defensive coordinator job and and do better and show my show my wares? Right. So that that the lawsuit is there because they're doing whatever they're doing. But if you're trying to make your team better, you start looking at guys like that. You look at guys that are around D'Amico Ryan's out there in in, in in San Francisco. You look at all the teams that you see these defenses that are like. Over the top, good. Mm-hmm. Dan Quinn, Dallas. Well, you're not going to get Dan Quinn from Dallas. Well, no, of course not. But you'll see who guys around him that you think that could that could do right. it, mm-hmm. and you just want to see. Like, are these guys calling defense? How they how do they work? Blah blah blah. Then you pull one of those guys in, and, and then you go from there. Well, how about a guy like Vic Fangio? Yeah, who doesn't have a job right now, and he's obviously has a great history as a defense. yeah. So there 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 are options. That that's worst case scenario, uh, and that would be. Worst case scenario, oh for us, but great for the guys. Like great for Wink and Mike. Great for Wink and Mike, absolutely be great. So, I just you know we'll just have to see. Howard, good stuff. All right, brother. And we're gonna work on it. Maybe we'll see Howard a little bit in the off season as well. I'd love to come back in the off season. Howard's gonna have to march into uh, DS's office upstairs and throw the hammer down on him. <laughs> I gotta go upstairs in a minute anyway. <laughs> Ask him when you go up there. I will. For Howard Cross, I'm John Trunk. Thank you to Pearson Butler tomorrow. Russ and Paul. We'll be with you at 12.30 for another episode of Big Blue Kickoff Live. It was all brought to you by Pepsi Zero Sugar. Brand new taste, and I don't have the copy in front of me. Pepsi Zero Sugar, new and improved. Zero never tasted so good. Make sure you go subscribe to the Giants Huddle Podcast. I mentioned that earlier. Giants tickets, you want to take your fans to the next level? Stay connected to the club all year round, not just on game days. Season ticket memberships are available for 2023. To learn all about it, go to Giants.com slash tickets, and while you're there, Go check out Giants TV, the Giants official connected TV streaming app for all of our content. For Pearson Butler, for Howard Cross, I'm John Schmelk. We'll see you next time on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. 
I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. 